Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shavua Tov, Leontine. Hey, Ellen, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah? Yep, 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 everything's good. Everything's good. The, the rain has cleared out a little bit, so hopefully sun and blue skies are ahead. I got a big week of guiding. And, good for uh, you. Yeah, how was your week? Very good. Yeah, great, great. I had a very good week. Actually, um, I had a cheese fondue, so, you know, my... I, I love to eat, as everybody knows, and um, I have Swiss friends who brought kosher Swiss cheese back to Israel because they live here. They live around the corner from where I live, and they invited us for a cheese fondue, which I didn't have since maybe, wow, maybe 15 years. Oh, I, I, I used to, it used to be my favorite food is oh, cheese fondue. Wow. Especially Swiss, Swiss fondue. Yes, yes. Until I realized that I was lactose lactose intolerant and ah it uh okay so now i have it once every 10 years just like you (laughs) and then uh we're guys we're recording from uh, ellen's and diane's apartment and uh, we'll publish a picture in a photo with this uh, 40th episode yes ellen is saying no i say yes because it turns out that um, diane and i have to say haircut. it's very funny i think there's something psychological there there's nothing <laughs> psychological there okay anyway how making, was your week i'll change up. no i'll change the subject right away i love diane and we like to plot against ellen yeah it together. Was, so my week it was <laughs> it was it was good I, I hibernated just like you you know how you said that you've been hibernating in january i had a little time off which worked out to be uh, great because it you know we haven't had rain all winter so december and january was uh we were kind of having a drought uh, we weren't getting enough rain we were a little worried but we've made up for it so uh, in one week's time we kind of uh, made up it rained 15 rained. centimeters i read 15 centimeters mm-hmm. so people i don't know how many inches that is but that's a lot of rain mm, that's yeah what's always 50 inches I what think. is always uh, surprising to me is that here we are in this modern city of jerusalem where we live and when it rains like we've had where it just rained and rained torrentially non-stop the drainage system of jerusalem is not built to handle it so the streets are all flooded yeah uh and you're walking through the water and i i just i have to laugh because as tour guides we know when we go underneath the city of david and we go into to all of the former roman cities uh, we see that their their systems of their drainage were so sophisticated sophisticated yeah uh, that the, the streets during the roman period here in this land never flooded like they do here i guess yeah so yeah. i was inside most of the week uh, watching the rain from inside, outside, while our colleagues were out in the old city, uh, uh, trouncing, freezing uh, uh, through mm. the rain. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about this week? The subject is a happy subject. It's, 
uh, Purim. So this week we're going to be celebrating. Purim is Purim. Purim. Of course, she says Purim. tomato, and I say tomato. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter and son-in-law. Actually, I call Purim Purim, or what do they say? They call it uh, Purim Purim. And I always like, what's Purim Purim? But Purim is uh, this Jewish holiday that's quite fun. It's kind of like the equivalent to the Halloween and in. In, carnival. In America or Carnival in the rest of the world. Uh, I'm sure our, our religious friends, Jewish friends, are going to say that's sacrilegious, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a happy, festive holiday. I like to call it Yaakov's holiday. Mm-hmm. My son-in-law, he lives uh, 364 days of the year. He's getting ready for uh, Purim or Purim. <laughs> Purim. Okay. <laughs> so what is Purim? Purim is a uh, is kind of a fanciful holiday story um, uh, about the almost destruction of the Jewish people, another Holocaust, if you will, but this time during the Persian Empire. At that time, uh, the king was Ach- the king was um, Achashverosh, and his second in command was a guy by the name of Haman or Haman, or how do you say it? I'm sure you're going to correct we me. We say Asirus and Asirus is Achashverosh and Ham. Haman. Haman. So so Haman, I'll say Haman because that's the English way we say Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Haman is the evil guy in the story and he's decided, he's plotted to have every Jew in the Persian Empire. And Persia, by the way, is Iran of today. Everybody in the uh, Persian Empire, all the Jews, to be killed. And uh, he he gets the approval of the king. Uh, And the Jews have to be saved. And who saves the day? Uh, Mordechai. And his niece or his wife, or there are many stories of who she was in the relation to Mordecai, but Mordecai and Esther or Hadassah. And we read the book of Purim, the story as told in the book of Esther mm-hmm. or the scrolls of Esther, Megillot or Megillot Esther. Um, and it's quite uh, an interesting uh, story to read and a ho- fun holiday to celebrate. So how do we celebrate, Leontine? Ah, so first of all, the day before Purim, uh, you're supposed to fast because that's part of the story, actually. Uh, how, uh, what, what happens exactly? It's really like a, a very intriguing story. There's a lot of intrigues, you could say. Um, uh, what happens is that uh, Mordechai, the uncle of Esther, is uh, sitting on the steps of the palace. He uh, hears about the evil plans of the minister that wants to eradicate uh, and murder all the Jews, and he, uh, the the king, actually signs for this. But, and Esther is then alerted uh, by her uncle, and he says, "You have to do something." And then she knows that if she wants to go and see the king out of her own initiative, there is a risk that she will be uh, murdered because that's what the king. Uh, uh, had told her when they got married, never ever come to see me out of your own initiative. So she asked the Jewish people to fast and pray that uh, when she goes and see the king, everything will be all right. She goes and sees the king and the only thing she says, I'm going to invite you for a nice dinner party together with your minister. And the king is so intrigued. Why did she take the risk by uh, uh, being murdered because she was not supposed just to come and see me? Why did she take the risk um, just to invite me for a dinner party. And he cannot sleep because he's thinking it over. And that is where he goes over all the things that he signed in the past few weeks. And that is where he realizes what he did. So it's also a story of intrigue. 
uh, I just and then we'll talk about what we do I, in in the in the art museums all over the world. All many many famous painters throughout the history have painted this theme because it was um, a symbol of victory of the weaker uh, against the the stronger. You talking about uh, scenes of Purim or scenes? No, of like the, the story of Esther and Mordechai and so in in many many paintings. Because um, when a country, let's say there's a country that won a war against a very s strong enemy, they make these paintings that they symbolize the, the victory that they had over a stronger enemy. So it's a, it's a very, very famous story all over the world, but it is a Jewish story. So what So, so we begin. So yeah. what you say is we begin the holiday before the holiday? Yeah, always. With the fast of Esther. Yes, okay. yes. So we fast uh, to remember, and then the, the it's next like day. We start, we start day and night. Yeah. So night becomes day. Uh, so we always start with the, the hard stuff first, and then we, st then we do the celebration. Right, exactly. So, so then... Let's talk about the celebration. Right, it's a lot of fun. So then uh, there is the reading of the Megillah, the reading of the, the, the scroll of the Esther, where the story is being told. And it's a lot of fun, because each time we say the name of the evil minister, we make a lot of noise. We go, ooh, well, and we have the... The called the Grager. What do you call it? Kressel. Say it again? Kressel. Ah, so we say Grager. Yeah. You make okay. a noise maker. Yeah, and so a lot of noise, and you shout and you yell and yeah, you yeah, boo, boo, yeah, boo, you have Haman, trumpets yeah, and so. Blah, blah. So each Haman. time the name Haman, Haman is uh, mentioned, you have a lot of noise. Uh, the uh, the the person who reads from the Megillah, uh, so that's another thing. Everybody is dressed up, like now dressed up is not the um, the right word. It's in uh, costume. Yeah, in costume. It's yeah. uh, so you. Uh, so what I do because this is my fantasy. I wear a blonde wig because, because <laughs> you know, I do, I've never had blonde hair, but it's always been my dream, of course, to have long blonde hair, straight, <laughs> no, no curls, straight blonde hair. So Purim is for me the opportunity to be blonde. Yeah, because Purim, we dress up. So yeah. they, some people say the custom of dressing up and, and parading around and dress up mm -hmm. is to flip things upside down. So you are a brunette. And you want to be a blonde. Yeah. Because we're supposed to dress up uh, in a way that, that, that flips everything upside down. For sure. I, saw, I sure flip. Yes. One time I actually, uh, when I was president of my synagogue in Memphis, um, I dressed up. I borrowed uh, a, a, um, a friend of mine, actually was a, a legal associate of mine, Laurie. I borrowed, she had a shadle, a wig. Ah. So I borrowed her wig to dress up like a, a woman on Purim and I went to hear the Megillah reading at my synagogue dressed as a woman Oy. and I went and sat because it was an Orthodox synagogue I sat in the men's section Ooh. I actually had and everybody knew me there I had two men walk over and say excuse me ma'am <laughs> uh, but you'll need to sit in the woman's section they had no idea who I was <laughs> that was funny. so uh, convincing uh, so you dress like a blonde and I dress like a woman okay yes yeah. so people dress up you people go so it's like carnival people go out and party and drink and dance and so on and we eat uh, cookies so, so but you said the Megillah the, the ah, book yes. of Esther we read it yes in the public yeah so here you can walk down to any street corner mm -hmm. outside because it's read two times, one in the evening and one time the yes. next day. And everybody yeah. has the obligation, I think, to hear it at least uh, two times. Right. So you can hear it in, in Israel. You can hear it on a, almost on every yeah. uh, 
a street corner. You know where I heard it last year? On Masada. I was with a group on Masada. You know, there's a rabbi on Masada, a Chabad rabbi, and he um, was reading the Megillah several times a day. So uh, I happened to be there. So I listened to the Megillah on top of Masada, which was pretty cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yes. Way yes. Cool. Yes. So, yeah. all right. So what else do we, we do? So, yeah, we dress up. We listen to the Megillah. And we eat uh, cookies, of course, because food is always very important. Uh, what kind of cookies? So they are in the shape of the ear of uh, the the evil minister, the uh, ears of Haman. Uh, so it's like Ozne, a in, he, in Hebrew, it's Ozne Haman. Mm-hmm. In Yiddish, the way yeah. we said it in in America, and probably you said it in in Europe, were, is Haman Tashin. Tashin, exactly. Yes. So they are triangle yep. shape, right? And they are um, stuffed with uh, poppy seeds most of the time. Oh, I yeah, <laughs> I like it. Or chocolate. Now, of course, um, the ones that you get in Paris are all amazing, very fresh. And every Jewish bakery tries to make them very special and very crunchy and uh, with a specific taste and so on. What, it, what's uh, your What's your favorite? So the, I like the ones with apple or, you know, to, because the cookie is a bit dry, so it's nice to have something uh, uh, humid say, inside. You say dry. I, I like, first of all, apricot or apricot. Yeah. Uh, apricot filling. And my synagogue, the sisterhood of my synagogue for, for I don't know, hundreds of years have been making a humantashen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not dry. They're very moist, and they sell them. They sell thousands of them in the community. They're so delicious. It's almost like I like to say they probably use some pork fat or something. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Orthodox <laughs> synagogue. But they're, they're using some uh, secret recipe okay. that makes them almost like eating a crack. Okay. And, and I don't generally like hamantashen, but I'll eat their Osne. Oh, can they not apricot. send them uh, to you for like? Uh, they they they, they could, should, but they yeah. kind of slowed down on their on their humantashen production. Ah. but uh, uh, last two years ago, uh, I there were people coming from my hometown of Memphis, and they brought me a box. And then three years ago, was it three years ago? Whenever my daughter, when Yaakov and Gabby got married, they were married on Purim. I remember. And when they were married, <coughs> uh, I had someone bring boxes and boxes of the. Hamantashen from the ah, Anche, so I miss those. That's too bad. Sisterhood, and yeah. then your her their daughter was born around Purim. No? That's right. So there's yeah. a big theme here for Yaakov and Gabby. They, mm-hmm. they got married on. Uh, it actually wasn't Purim. It was Purim, small Purim, uh, small uh, Purim Katan, mm-hmm. small Purim because it was in a leap year where they celebrate twice, and then their daughter Levana uh, was born around Purim and named. Uh, her naming when she was named Lavana in Moon Park. I remember. Close to us, yes. Was on on yeah. Purim Day. Yeah, and we have some really great pictures because you were all dressed up, um, and dr- lots of drinking. Also, I remember it was uh, a very so that's, happy. That's the event. other thing we do on Purim. Uh, there is actually <coughs> a custom, and some say even an obligation. Yeah. For people to drink uh, alcohol to get drunk. Uh, no? To get drunk mm-hmm. uh, to the point where you can't tell the difference between. Uh, Haman and Mordechai. Remember this upside down. The theme is the upside down world, hafuch. Yeah. You know, like cappuccinos upside down. Mm-hmm. So this idea that um, that the world's upside down, topsy turvy, and so so you're supposed to drink. So do you know already what you're going to get dressed in? <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually I, I'm I, I have to figure it out because I'm actually guiding, and I'm going to be up in um, in spot on Purim. 
and I'm sure they're going to be dancing and reading the Megillah in the street. Yeah. So I'll need to uh, wear something, and particularly for the group I'm guiding, I think it'll be appropriate to dress up. Do you okay. Any, do you have any ideas? For me, for I will me. be in the mountains yeah. in France, so uh, I think I'll bring my blonde wig, and that's it, uh, because I'm, you know... There, there, uh, we're not. I'm as far as I know, it's not a place where there are many, many Jews around. Never, you, you never know. But um, so I'll be just wearing my blonde wig on the in the skiing uh, air, area. <laughs> so there's a there. There are three other big actually requirements uh, that you, you, one must do on Purim. Mm-hmm. The, the one requirement was to hear the Megillah yes. at least twice, and then you're supposed to have a uh, suuda which is a yeah. festival meal during the day. Um, so you have a suda, And the third and fourth thing you do is you're supposed to give gifts, gifts to uh, friends uh, called shalach monot. Yes. So you see people around the neighborhoods delivering packages of, of fruits and candies and, and wine, and it's, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing you're supposed to do is to give uh, charity. You're supposed to give at least two people. Uh, or two organizations, a charity on, mm-hmm. on Purim. Right. So gifts to friends and p- charity to uh, people in need. Exactly, exactly, which reminds me that I need to tell all my friends that we won't be there because otherwise they'll be... Send them, send them to my house. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Do, you, do, you, do you ever do this? Do you do a suda at your house when you're home? You're going to be in the mountains, but when you Yeah, you're... so we'll do, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do something uh, in my home because I will be... Uh, going by um, a city first where I can buy uh, hamantaschen, so I will be able to buy the cookies. So I'll do a little, a little meal. I'll be just with uh, Shlomo, sweet Shlomo, and his three sons. So we'll do something small, and uh, in, but in the house, in there, it won't be a big celebration this year. Well, I, one of the things uh, when I'm guiding, I've guided the last three years, last two years, mm-hmm. um, because <coughs> then we had um, a COVID. But but the last two years uh, for for Purim. Um, I was guiding, and when I'm guiding, I'm not able to usually participate in a suda. Mm-hmm. And as I said, my son-in-law Yaakov has a wonderful suda that that I've unfortunately had to miss um, almost every year. He's done it uh, where people could come because I'm I'm guiding, and that's a, that's a huge uh, loss miss because they have a they have a really really good time. Ah, and, okay. Uh, so which brings me to talking about good time. Yeah. So. In Israel, uh, not unlike anywhere else, but people living in Tel Aviv, the young people here in Israel really know how to party and have yeah. a good time. In Tel Aviv, there's a, like a big gathering of uh, everybody yeah, on yeah, the... They have, uh, they have street parties. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, but, but one thing about Purim is it's celebrated two days. Not two days that it's celebrated, but there's the fir- there is Purim, mm-hmm. which celebrated uh, this week on, I think it's Wednesday can't remember which day of this week, mm-hmm. but it's celebrated one day all over the world on the same day, but there's something called Shushan Purim, mm-hmm. which is celebrated the day after the... Yes, the, if you live Purim, in a, a within city. a city wall, exactly. Yeah, so if, yes. you're, if you're in Israel, mm-hmm. I mean, in the United States, I don't know of any walled cities, uh, but if you're in Israel, uh, the two main walled cities, the walled cities that still exist today are Akko, and Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So because you have walled cities uh, in those cities, you celebrate uh, Purim the day after everybody else celebrates Purim, which we call Shushan Purim. True. So if you're like my son-in-law or if you're a party goer in Tel Aviv, you have the opportunity uh, 
to celebrate it and drink and have a good time on regular porn. You get go to sleep, you wake up with a hangover, and you start all over all again because you drive or take the train or the bus. Hopefully you're not driving. Uh, it's better to take the train and the bus into Jerusalem so you can celebrate a second day of Purim. Right, right. So, okay, so, um, well, I will be away, so I'll be celebrating the first day. Uh, well, another thing I really like about Purim is that it's not um, a resting day, so you, you can still take pictures and... Use your phone and take the car and all that because that's the. the I love the Jewish holidays, but uh, there are so many things that you cannot do. But on Purim, it's all okay. You can do all those things. Yeah. So it's a great, great party. So, yeah. So we have um, a question. Yeah. So uh, it's it's funny. We actually opened a, 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 a Gmail account for Yala Israel. Yeah. And we hardly ever get the questions sent to that account. And I happened to just look at the the email account. Um, yesterday. Aha. Uh-huh. It's, and, it's and yala, yala Israel at gmail.com? Yala Israel at gmail.com. Okay. And I found there from October a Oof. question from, <laughs> from uh, Mark who lives in Toronto. Oh. Uh, and he asked a really, really good question. He mm-hmm. wants to know what was the hardest topic or subject for us during the uh, tour guide course? Mm. That's a good question. Okay, so right away comes to my mind the very, very, uh, it was not the first, but the second lesson we had ever in the course. So the first lesson was um, our coordinator, Chaim, explaining us how to read maps. Okay, so that was okay. Uh, I mean, I, I think I knew how to read maps and he said some logic things. Okay, why not the second? Then came in, week after came in this guy, a young guy who was uh, going to explain us everything about prehistory. And I was totally lost. And I, I th- thought, oh, if this is going to be a tour guide course, I'm not going to enjoy it at all. And I'm not going to, <laughs> to, com- to, to understand anything. He was talking about things that happened here like two million years ago. <laughs> right. And... Um, and it, we had a few lessons, not one. I had, we had a few, or it lasted all day, maybe something. Like, it was awful. So that is was the most difficult thing ever. Thank God, uh, after he finished, we never ever had to uh, take a test about it anymore, and nobody ever ever asked us any questions about. And nobody, I've never had a tourist who said to me like, "What happened here three million years ago?" Um, so that was the most terrible. Um, topic and uh, difficult topic uh, in all of the course it is it's funny i'm laughing i'm not, you see me smiling because yes, i'm yes. remembering the misery of those three <laughs> classes with prehistory yes it was so mon- mind-boggling so intensive with dates and numbers and, and names civilization <laughs> oh yes it was it was a hard one yes uh, but if I had to think about um, what was most challenging for me, and I, it could be geology, it could be flora and fauna, because those were things that I knew nothing about and was kind of in my head was in the clouds. But the, the teachers were so great that it's actually geology and the flora and fauna were okay, were great. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I would say the most challenging, I don't know if it was the most, the hardest, it was the most challenging because we had such a great uh, teacher, ah, I me. yell it. Ah, okay. No, Christianity. Okay, okay. Um, to have, you know, Christianity is, is very central to the course because it covers a lot of um, the things that we see here and guide here. And uh, the classes for Christianity, 
uh, I think we studied Christianity the, the most over the course, maybe also uh, biblical history. Um, but Christianity for me was, was all new. You know, as a Jewish boy growing up in the Bible Belt, I knew nothing about the, the New Testament. Mm. And uh, so it was very challenging to me. Uh, but in the end, uh, it's the course I, I probably learned uh, the most from. Mm, for sure, yeah. And uh, so thank you, uh, Ayelet. Ayelet was yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys, so that was it. Uh, this was number... 40 already? 40. Ooh. Yeah, 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 we're almost, uh, I think our year uh, celebration, and we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for the celebration, uh -huh. is uh, in April, I think. Okay, yeah, we think should we invite the president of Israel. Of course. Yeah. Or maybe Prime Bibi, Minister. Maybe Bibi will come. Yeah, yeah, okay. Have a good week, everyone. You too. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.